The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The mystery Superman is trying to solve, the mystery concerning the strange disappearance of a freight car carrying $5 million in gold, is rapidly drawing to a close. As our last episode ended... We heard how Mr. Van Doren, president of the Metropolis National Bank, planned to move another $2 million in gold from a distant city to cover part of the $5 million that had vanished. We also heard how the boss, mastermind behind the vanishing of the freight car, schemed to blow up Rainbow Bridge, over which the train must pass, and make off with the gold shipment once again. Our scene is now the city room at the Daily Planet. Clark Kent is talking with Jimmy Olsen. Listen. It doesn't seem possible, Mr. Kent. The freight car carrying $5 million was attached to the train when the train reached Baldwin. That's right, Jimmy. Yet when the train arrived at Metropolis, the freight car was missing. And the train didn't stop between Baldwin and Metropolis. Right. I don't see how it could have been done. You'd have to be Superman to figure that one out. Yes, I dare say you would. Well, as sure as the case. What with Miss Lane being stopped over the head and everything. Oh, I went to see her in the hospital today. She's feeling okay again. Yes, I know. I went up to see her myself. Now, there's something funny uh, about Mr. Fortune, I mean... The only way he can get Wonder out of his office is by going through Mr. Van Doren. Mr. Van Doren sees him come in, but doesn't see him go out. That's right. And yet when we went into Fortune's office, he was gone. Completely vanished. Just like the freight car. And a few minutes later, in comes this Miss Bailey and faints. She tells you Fortune's outside. When they go outside, there he is dead. How did he get there? Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Oh, yes, Mr. White is right here. Where? Oh, okay, so I'll tell him. Hey, Mr. Kent, it's Mr. White. Yeah. He's calling from the hospital where Miss Lane is. Okay, give me the phone, Jimmy. Yeah. Hello, Chief. Yes. Uh, how is she? Oh, fine. What's that? Another shipment of $2 million? From where? Hawthorne. I see. Well, catch a plane? Yes. Sure, Okay. All right, but I, I don't think anything will happen this time. No, that's true. You can't be sure. 
Okay, I'll get a plane this afternoon and ride the train back to Metropolis. A plane trip? Gee, could I go, Mr. Kent? Yeah. Try and get me to go, too. Huh? Sure, Chief, but... Oh, please, Mr. Kent, try to wind it with her. Wait a minute. Yes, Chief. Yes, okay. Oh, Jim, you can't ask him, huh? Tell him what you need you... me along or something. Okay, Chief, I'll do that. Oh, oh uh, by the way, what are the chances of taking Jimmy Olsen with me? Well, I could use somebody to help out with things. I can't do everything, you know. Different when Lois is along, but... What's he saying, Mr. Kent? You want... I see. Okay, Chief. Well, goodbye. What's he say, huh? Can I go, Mr. Kent? Can I? Jimmy, I'm afraid it's just impossible uh... to leave you behind. You mean I can go? On a plane and everything? That's right. Yippee! <laughs> hey, Ken, bring that kid, will you? How can a guy walk? Take it easy, Jimmy. Huh? There's lots to do. We'll have to catch the 3.30 plane for Hawthorne. Oh, oh jeepers, I almost forgot. Why are we going? What <laughs> a fine newspaper man you're going to be. Well, here's the story. Van Doren of the Metropolis National Bank is having another shipment of gold sent through from Hawthorne. Yeah? Two million dollars worth. We've got to go to Hawthorne by plane and then come back by train, just to be on the train in case anything breaks. Boy, oh boy, is this going to be exciting. Well, I wouldn't get too excited about it. I don't think anything will happen this time. Why not? Well, for one thing, I don't believe the boss would try the same scheme twice. For another, I doubt whether he'll have the opportunity with the police hot on his trail. Yeah, but gee, uh, riding an airplane... Well, you won't even get that if you don't scoot home and get some things packed. I'll meet you at the airport at 325. I'll call up now and reserve seats on the plane. Tickets will be waiting for us in the office when we get there. Boy, I'm on my way. See the airport... Kind of knocks my plans into a car cat. I wanted to have another look at those tracks between Bolton and Metropolis. I've got a theory as to how that freight car vanished. Now I've got to go to Hawthorne. I wonder... Why, sure. I could send Jimmy on by plane and then leave him at the train later. I'll do that. I can leave a message for him at the airport ticket office. Passengers for 3.30 plane, assemble at 3.60. Passengers for 3.30 plane, assemble at 3.60. You Jimmy Olsen? Huh? Oh, 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 yes, sir. I have a message for you from the Mr. Kent. She has the ship called off? No, I have your ticket right here. Oh. Mr. Kent said to tell you he wouldn't be able to take this plane, but for you to go on. He said he'd managed to meet you on the train in Hawthorne. Okay. See, for a moment, I thought the trip was off. Here's your ticket, and I think you'd better get on the plane now. Okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Oh, Judas, keep an eye on that boy. He's traveling alone. Inspecting these tracks is a lot easier as Superman than it would be as Clark Kent. I hope Jimmy got my message all right. I couldn't go to Hawthorne without finding out whether my theory about that vanished freight car is right or not. There we are. Now, let's see. Tracks run along the base of this mountain. Why wouldn't it be possible for... Wait. The movement in the brush near that track. Better hide. I was right. That brush heap is being moved aside. There's a man emerging from it. I knew it. That brush hides a hole dug into the side of the mountain. An entranceway. They could dig a hole large enough to admit a man. They could dig one large enough to admit a freight car. I'll question that man. You! You there! Stand where you are! What the... Hey! Who are you, buddy? What are you doing here? What's with those trick clothes? I'll do the questioning. Where does that tunnel lead to? Yeah, Bud, I think maybe you'd better come with me. What do you mean? Get this straight, fella. Whatever happens, I can't let you go back to town and start blabbing about that tunnel, so you better come with me. I wouldn't... Don't argue, buddy. You got a gun. You better come quiet. All right. I'll come with you. That's the way to talk. Step into the tunnel. Very well. Where does this tunnel lead to? You'll find out. Keep moving. Wow, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. 
Take a good look. You ain't going to see it again. You don't mean you're just going to... Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Okay, here we are. I just wait till I open this door. Hey, you guys. Hey, look what I brought you. Shut up, guys. Shut up. This is serious. Where'd you get this guy, Muggsy? Hey, I found him walking along the tracks outside the mountains. Yeah? What were you doing this far out of town on the railroad track? Come on, pal. Talk. Is that a, a freight car? Yeah, that's a freight car, all right. What are you doing outside? I'm more interested in knowing what you men are doing inside this mountain. That's a shortwave radio apparatus over that corner, isn't it? I'll ask a question, pal. You answer him. This is so, so amazing. Yeah? Why, it's like a huge cave in here. A huge cave inside a mountain. Yeah. Anyone riding in a train on the tracks outside would never suspect it. And what's that freight car doing in here? It doesn't look like an ordinary freight car. And that shortwave sending and receiving apparatus. I don't understand it. And we ain't explaining it to you. Okay, buddy. I don't know what you were doing outside or how you got there. All I know is you got to get rid of it. Yeah. What's he going to do? Just stand where you are and keep looking at me. What? Now, listen. Hey, Muggsy, what did you do? Did you see what you did? I come up behind. I hit him over there with the iron body. Anybody? Hey, look at the iron body. Let me go. I see all you men are starting to produce guns. Let me advise you, they'll do you no good. Let him have it, old guy. Let him have it, old guy. Let him have it, old guy. As Superman prepares to find the answer to the riddle of the vanishing freight car, Jimmy Olsen in Hawthorne boards the train which is to carry the $2 million gold shipment to Metropolis. Neither Superman nor Jimmy know that the boss plans to blow up Rainbow Bridge while the train is passing over it. Listen. Hey, kid. What you doing standing here beside this caboose? Oh, I'm looking for Mr. Kent. Clark Kent. Oh, Clark Kent of the Metropolis Daily Planet? That's right. Uh-huh. He's supposed to meet me on the train here. I arrived a little while ago by plane. Well, then you must be Jimmy Olsen. That's right. <laughs> Editor White of the Daily Planet wired the dispatcher that you two would be along. And we were to let you ride in the caboose or the engine cab if you wanted to. Uh, your friend Ken ain't arrived yet. Oh, then I'll wait. <laughs> no, you won't. This train is starting right now. But it wasn't supposed to start till 6 o'clock. It's only 5 o'clock now. Yeah, I know. We changed the schedule several days ago. Uh, we're pulling out from Metropolis in two minutes flat, kid. Well, I guess Mr. Kent won't make it now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There won't be any story anyway. Nothing's going to happen to this train. You can ride back to Metropolis, though. Now, kid, where you want to ride? Caboose or engine cab? Oh, gee, the engine cab. <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, come on. Ain't a boy in the country wouldn't give his ride on to ride in the cab and engine. Say that, Jolly. Yeah, what is it? I got a boy here who's going to ride to Metropolis with you. Uh, he's a newspaper man. Well, is he now? <laughs> yeah. Well, well. See, uh, holy gee, hear that? <laughs> We're going to have a celebrity riding with us. Yeah, is that so? Uh, the dispatcher says it's okay, fellas. All right with you, lad. Up you go. Oh, yeah, there we go. There he is. Yeah, well, me bucko, you're just in time. Because we're just starting right this minute. Go on, more steam. Ah, oh, we've got enough. Well, tell me, you comfortable, lad? Oh, I'll be all right. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Good. And here we go for Metropolis.
unknown to Superman, the train carrying the cargo of gold, and Jimmy Olsen starts on its trip an hour earlier. We know, though Superman does not, that the Rainbow Bridge will be blown up as the train passes over it. What will happen? Be sure to hear the conclusion of this exciting story with Superman! And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box, what's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Clark Kent, as Superman, accidentally discovered a large, cleverly hidden cave within a mountain that lay close to the railroad tracks where the car, bearing $5 million in gold from the topless national banks, had mysteriously disappeared. Meanwhile, Jimmy Olsen had just got aboard another freight train, bound for Metropolis with another armored car bearing $2 million in gold. But, unknown both to Superman and Jimmy, the boss, mastermind of the train robbers, planned to blow up Rainbow Bridge, over which the train must pass, to get hold of the $2 million. As our story opens today, we find Superman in a large cave within the mountain, where he has battled ten desperados into submission. Fearful of Superman's continued ire, they have agreed to disclose the secret of the freight car's mysterious disappearance. Listen. We get enough. We don't know who you are, but we get enough. Good. And now will you answer my questions, yes. gentlemen? Yes, sure. Go ahead. Splendid. The first question I want the answer to is this. How did that freight car, the one standing over there, the one that was carrying $5 million in gold, how did you manage to detach it from the freight train and bring it in here? Go ahead, Bill. You tell him. I can't tell him. You guys know what the boss would do to me if I squeal. The boss? Who is the boss? Come on, open up, or it's going to be just too bad for all of you. We don't know, honest pal. We don't know. We've never even seen a boss. Any orders we ever had from him, we've gotten to a loudspeaker at headquarters or, or over this shortwave radio. You've never seen him, eh? 
the same time, you're pretty much afraid of him. You don't know the boss like we do. Anything the boss wants to do, he does. Like making freight cars such as that one over there, carrying $5 million in gold, disappear. That's eh? right, pal. The boss is a clever guy. He can do anything. Yeah. I'm beginning to wonder about that. How did you get that freight car in here? How did you separate it from a train of nearly a hundred other freight cars without the engineer or anyone else on the train knowing anything about it? Look, pal, I, I can't talk. The boss will kill me if he finds out. What? No, no, no. Don't hit me again. Talk. But I can't. I, I can't. You hear? Talk. All right. Okay, just don't hit me again. I'll talk. I'm waiting. The boss had it all figured out, see? Yes. Outside where the tracks run along the base of this mountain, there's a steep hill and a curve. I know that. When a train going downhill comes around that curve, the engineer has to slow down to ten miles an hour. Yes, go on. Well, we had a couple of our boys disguised as breaking on a train. And as it slowed down to ten miles an hour, they uncoupled the freight car carrying the door. Then they slowed down that one car to seven miles an hour by using the wheel brake on top of it. Yes. So the front, the front end of the train, going ten miles an hour, went on ahead of the money car. And the rear end of the train was slowed down to five miles an hour by another breaker. Oh. So you see that leaves the money car coasting down the tracks all by itself with the front end of the train way ahead of it and the rear end of the train way behind it. I see. But how did you get the car inside the mountain? Oh, that was simple. We swung a pair of emergency tracks right on top of the regular tracks, switching the money car off the main line right into this case. Oh, I see. Then you quickly pulled up the emergency tracks and let the rear end of the freight train coast down and catch up with the front end. That's it. We let the rear cars run free again, and they soon caught up with the other cars, which were still traveling slow. All we had to do then was to buckle them on again, and the job was done. Ah. Certainly was simple. Sure was simple. Nobody caught on to it, except you. Hey, listen. Listen, brother, who are you? Why the fancy customer? Where do you get your strength from? Never mind that. Is the five million in gold still inside that freight car? Yeah. The boss hasn't given us any orders to where to ship it yet. How about the crew of guards that was inside? Well, we, uh, uh, well, we, we got them locked up in a safe place. That's shortwave radio apparatus. You get in touch with the boss on it? Well, we... Can you or can't you? Don't stall, answer me. Yeah, yeah, we can get in touch with him. Get him. But we... You heard me. Get in touch with him and do it right away. Okay. You're the doctor. Turn around, Joe. Okay. I'll start sending a signal. QX4 calling QXW. QX4 calling QXW. QX4 calling QXW. QXW answering QX4. Come in, QX4. This is Bill speaking, boss. Yes, Bill, what is it? Nothing's gone wrong at Rainbow Bridge, I trust. Rainbow Bridge. What does he mean by that? Go on, question him. You know what I want. Well, why, what could go wrong at Rainbow Bridge, boss? Nothing that I know of, but there must be some reason for your call. What do you want, Bill? Tell him to come here at once. Tell him you've simply got to see him. He'll never come. He'll expose himself by coming here. No one has ever seen him. Bill, why don't you answer me? Tell him. Tell him to come here quick. Hello, boss. What I wanted was this. Can you come here right away? Why, you know I can't come there. Are you out of your mind, Bill? Tell him it's an emergency. You can't explain. Uh, it's an emergency, boss. I, I, I can't explain. An emergency? Why, what sort of an emergency? Just say the five million dollars. Just that, nothing more. Oh, are you driving that? Why should I stay to Bill? Do as I tell you, or by heaven. Okay, okay, I'll do it. Bill, why don't you answer me? Why do I have to come there? 
What emergency are you talking about? Uh, boss, there's five million dollars in gold. Not another word. Five million? Well, what about it, Bill? What about it? Shut up, that's sending up right But I can't, I say. Okay, okay, shut it off. Bill, yeah. what about the five million? What's happened to it? Why must I come? Good. Say, I don't savvy this, pal. Just what are you getting at? The boss knows there's something wrong. He doesn't know what it is. Except that it has something to do with the five million. So what? Just this, my friend. If the boss doesn't arrive here within the next hour, I'll be very much surprised. He'll be so worried about that five million dollars, he won't be able to wait. But he'll kill me if he finds out what I've done. Don't worry. He won't be in a position to do anyone any harm when I get done with him. One thing bothers me. What did he mean by asking if anything had gone wrong at Rainbow Bridge? I... I, I don't know. The boss wouldn't have asked you if you didn't know something. Now, come on, I'm not wasting time with you. What about Rainbow Bridge? I, I, I tell you, I, I don't know. There's a friend of mine on that train. The one that crosses Rainbow Bridge in about an hour. I'm not taking chances. Talk, friend. Talk. I'll talk, I'll talk. Don't hit me again. Please don't. I'm waiting. The Metropolis National Bank is shipping through another two million in gold. Yes. The boss plans to blow up Rainbow Bridge and hijack the gold card at me. Oh. How is that to be done? Uh, there's a crew of men out at the bridge now. The dynamite's been laid... And when the engine gets to the other side of the bridge, the dynamite will go off. I see. Well, there's plenty of time. Quarter of six now, and the train doesn't start out from Larimer until six o'clock. It'll take it an hour to reach Rainbow Bridge. It'll arrive at the bridge until seven o'clock. I've got at least an hour. One hour in which I can wait for the boss before starting for Rainbow Bridge. But, unknown to Superman, the train schedule has been changed. Instead of leaving Larimer at 6 o'clock, the train left at 5. And it's now only 15 minutes from Rainbow Bridge. Listen. Hey, you want more steam, Charlie? No, there's plenty, Olaf. All right, how are you enjoying your first ride in the cabin for locomotive? Oh, gee, it's swell. Sure, I'm getting a kick out of it. One thing worries me, though, and that's why my friend Clark Kent didn't meet me at Laramie. And I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, but, you see, he expected the train to leave at 6 o'clock, not 5. He didn't know the schedule had been changed. What time is it now? 4 to 6. Gee, probably just getting to Laramie Station now. Well, now we both know there's nothing to worry about. You missed the train, and that's all there is to it. There's nothing you can do, so why don't you just relax and enjoy the ride, huh? Ah, look now. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming to a real pretty view. What's that? Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, see, we're a little ahead of schedule. There's the bridge right there. Now, look, you know. You see how beautiful it arches across the valley there? Gee, sure it's beautiful. How soon before we start to cross it? Well, I guess it's about another five minutes, lad. Yeah, another five minutes and we'll be crossing Rainbow Bridge. And then we buckle, you'll be having one of the biggest trips of your life. Hey, Bill, you think the boss will come? Uh, I don't know. This guy here seems to think he will. He'll come, all right. Probably on his way here right now. I'll bet anything he's plenty worried about what's happened to that five million. Yeah, but nobody's ever seen him. He's taking darn good care of that. You think he's going to let anybody see what he looks like now? It depends on which is more important. 
The five million dollars or his identity? Oh, holy jumping. That must be him now. Can he come through the tunnel that leads into this cave alone? Yeah, he can. Good. We'll wait. Yeah. Wait for the boss. You ain't kidding. I never laid eyes on the boss. But when I do it, it's going to be a shock. He'll be the one to be shot. He's at the door. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nervous. Is that the signal? Yeah. Good. Now to see who the boss really is. Bill, open that door. Who is the boss? Do you know? And what about Jimmy Olsen? In a few minutes, the train on which he is riding will cross Rainbow Bridge. And the boss's gang is waiting to explode that bridge as the train passes over it. Can Superman, unaware of his young friend's danger, possibly find out in time to save him? Be sure to listen to the next thrilling episode with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature... Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice disguised as Clark Kent mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, in our last episode, Clark Kent, as Superman, solved the mystery of the vanished freight car by discovering where the gang had hidden it within a cave near the railroad tracks. Then, by a clever scheme, he lured the boss of the gang to the hideout. In the meantime, another train carrying two million dollars in gold, on which Jimmy Olsen was riding, was approaching Rainbow Bridge, which will be blown up as the train passes over it so that the boss can hijack its valuable cargo. Superman knows this and believes he has plenty of time to avert the disaster. But he does not know that the train left an hour earlier, and even now is only a few minutes from Rainbow Bridge. As our story opens, we find Superman in the cave with the Desperados, waiting for the arrival of the boss, whom none of them has ever seen. The suspense is getting me. And you're right. I've never laid eyes on the boss. And when I do it, it's going to be a shock. Yes. No one has ever seen the boss, eh? No, no. Well, we'll soon... There he is now. Oh, gosh, I'm nervous. Is that the signal? Yeah. Good. Now to see who the boss really is. Bill, open that door. I said open it. Okay. Well, Bill, here I am. What's wrong? What happened? Oh, don't stand there with your mouth open. Are you the boss? Well, you're Reginald Van Thorin. You're the president of the Metropolis National Bank. Now, listen to me, you men. I kept my identity a secret for a long time. Pretty clever, Rob, in your own Listen man. to me, I said. 
Claw had an easy time of it working for me. You've had little to do, and the pay has been good. If one of you ever breathes a word of this, if you ever give me away... Who's done that, Van Doren? What are you talking about? That guy in the masquerade costume standing over there to the side has heard every word you said. That's right, Mr. Van Doren. What? Who is this man? Why is he dressed like that? What's he doing here? Listen, boss, whoever he is, take it easy. The ten of us hopped on him and he beat the pants off us. Even bullets don't hurt him. He's the guy that made a trick into coming here. Trick me into... Bill, you mean to say nothing is wrong? That this has all been a trick to lure me here? Well, you, you see, we was all waiting around I'll here for the... that. Uh... Yes, Van Doren, it was a trick. Nothing more than that. I had to make your men pretend something had happened to the five million dollars in that freight car to make you come here and reveal your identity. Well... They say in detective stories, the game is up. There's something familiar about you. I'm hanged if I know what it is. Who are you, anyway? That doesn't matter. What does matter is putting you and this gang of yours behind bars where you belong. After that, I'll see that the five million dollars is restored to the depositors of your bank. Oh, you will. You think you... Wait a minute. I haven't time to argue with you now. It's almost six o'clock. There's a train leaving Larimer in ten minutes, carrying another two million in gold. Oh? What of it? I understand you plan to blow up Rainbow Bridge when that train passes over it. How can I blow up the bridge if my men and I are here? You can't fool me that way, Van Doren. I happen to know how you've arranged it. When the locomotive reaches the other side of that bridge, it will trip a lever, which will then explode the dynamite you've planted under the bridge. Very well. You know how it'll be done. But you won't save the train. What do you mean? Just this. Put that gun away, boss. Won't do you no good against this guy. We've even tried telling guns on him. I'm not going to use it on him. Hey, what are you talking about, boy? That corner over there. There are about ten boxes of dynamite piled on top of each other. Sure, sure. We had that left over after we finished blasting out this case. We had this, uh... Hey, hey, wait wait, wait a minute now. A long time ago, I made up my mind that if I were ever caught, I'd take the easiest way out rather than face the music. I wouldn't do any bluffing, Van Doren, because I'll call your bluff. I'm not bluffing. Either you let me walk out of here safely and unharmed, I'll blow us all the kingdom come by sending a bullet into that dynamite. Oh, he needs it. He needs a bullet. Hey, Give me that gun, Van Doren. Oh. One more step. Just hey, one more. Oh, no. All right. You're up for it. Oh, did you see what happened? Holy mackerel, did you see that? All I seen was a, a streak, and then that guy was standing there in front of the dynamite table. Yes. And here, Van Doren, is the bullet you just fired. You see that guy is now? He's Superman. You've gone very white, Van Doren. You're trembling. Perhaps you realize now there is nothing you can do to help yourself. Drop your gun, Van Doren, and give up quietly. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to leave you, but don't try to follow me. I'm going to barricade the entrance to this cave so you won't get out. But you can't leave us in here. We'll stop at that. Oh, you won't be here that long. It shouldn't take more than an hour or two for the police to arrive. Leaving the cave, Superman blocks up the entrance to it and then speeds to Larimer, there to meet Jimmy Olsen and warn the railroad authorities that Rainbow Bridge will be blown up the minute a train passes over it. He arrives at Larimer and, in the guise of Clark Kent, Enters the station master's office. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, you are two metropolis? That's all right. Yes, sir. Here you are. Oh, what can I do for you, sir? Well, what track does the six o'clock train from Metropolis leave on? Uh, six o'clock train from Metropolis? Yes. Oh, I guess you don't know. The schedule's been changed, sir. What? Uh, yes, sir. Six o'clock train, I'll leave now earlier at five. Wait, now let me get this straight. The train I expected to leave here a few minutes from now 
Left nearly an hour ago, is that right? That's right, sir. There'll be another train from Metropolis in just about... Never mind. I've got to get out of here. Well, I wonder what he's so upset about. After all, just because you missed... I'd only known. There I was, back at that cave, wasting time with Andorran. Have I time, I wonder? Can I reach that bridge before the train does? Well, this is another job for Superman. Up, up, and away! Crossing Rainbow Bridge at last. Ah, will you be looking at that view now, would you? Gee, it sure is keen. Look how high we are. How far down to the bottom of the canyon? Oh, a thousand feet or more. <laughs> Think of what'd happen to you if you fell off. Oh, gee, don't say things like that. It's the thought of it makes me scared. Ah, there's nothing to be scared of, laddie. We're nearly to the other side. Just another minute for these thoughts. There's the train ahead. She's practically across. When the locomotive reaches the other side, the bridge supports at that end will be blown up. I've got to stop them before they reach it. Faster, faster. I may make it by a split second. It's just possible I can... There's explosion. The bridge is collapsing. Only one thing to do. I've got to hold up that bridge until the train passes over it. Down. explosion and the bridge started to sway back and forth. Boy, I thought we were going over sure. Then suddenly the bridge stopped swaying, so you could feel it was kind of ripping. All right, all right, Jimmy. If you've told me once, you've told me a dozen times. Yeah, but you won't believe me about Superman. Of course I don't believe you. I tell you, I saw him. When we got the whole train safe on the other side, we got out. Then we saw the bridge start to fall. And I saw this man in a red cape and everything fly down into the valley. Nonsense. Sheer nonsense. You imagined it. Well, then, how do you account for those men? The men who were waiting in the valley to get the gold when the train crashed. How do you account for them being captured? When the police got there, they were all tied up inside the truck. They said they'd been captured by a guy wearing a red they cape. They imagined it, too. Oh, some imagination. How about Mr. Van Doren and the gang inside the cave? They said... I tell you, I'll not believe in such foolishness. Superman. Ah, super nonsense. All right, Chief. Hello, Jimmy. Well, Ken, a fine time for you to show up. Oh, yes, Mr. Ken. What happened to you? Why didn't you meet the train at Larma? Well, What's I... the idea of letting this youngster make the trip alone? Oh, Chief, We'd have was... had a fine story out of that bridge blowing up, Ken, if we'd had a reporter on the job. Oh, wait a minute, Mr. White. What was wrong with my story? Oh, wait a minute, everybody. I missed the plane, Chief, but I got another one out right away. Gosh, as it happened, the train schedule was changed. Yeah, that's right, Mr. White. We left an hour early. Mm, sure. You two can cook up more alibis. You come into my office for a little. Well... That's where we get it, Mr. Kent. Yep, looks that way, Jimmy. Another balling out. Well, we've taken the others. I guess we can take this one. All right, come in here. Now sit down, both of you. All right. Now then, let's get one thing straight. From now on, there's going to be no more... No more... Gosh, Mr. White, what's wrong? What are you staring at at your desk? This... This pile of stones on my blotter. Well, I noticed those the minute I came in. Taking up geology or something? Look at those stones, Kent. Don't you see anything peculiar about them? 
Uh, yes. They've been sort of piled up into a queer kind of formation. Yeah, look as if someone had spent some time arranging them. Someone did. That pile of stones is an Indian symbol. A warning of impending death. Jimmy, you sure that's the Indian sign of death? Positive. Oh, someone's playing a joke on you. Besides, what do you know about Indians? Hmm. More than you think. Hey, let's have a drink of water. Jimmy, hand me that water pitcher. Show me, Mr. White. I'll get it. Oh, Mackerel. Did you see that? A water pitcher. It shattered into a million pieces just as you reached for it. Well, what could have done that? The thing that did it is lying on the floor. Pick it up, Jimmy. Jeepers. Look what it is. Ken, do you... You see what that is? Oh, yes, Mr. White. It's an arrow. What is the meaning of these strange occurrences in Editor White's office? Who placed the Indian warning of death on Editor White's desk? Who shot the arrow that shattered the water pitcher? What new adventure awaits our friends? Be sure to hear the next episode of our story with Superman! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Transcription feature, Superman! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Kent, as Superman, had completely cleared up the mystery of the vanished freight car and saved his friend Jimmy Olsen from death by holding up a dynamited bridge while Jimmy's train was passing over it. Back at the Daily Planet, Jimmy and Kent were called into Editor White's office. A pile of stones lay on the editor's desk in a strange design, and Mr. White, visibly upset, explained that it was an Indian warning of impending death. Mr. White asked Jimmy to get him a glass of water. Just as Jimmy reached for the water bottle, a strange thing happened. Mr. Have a drink of water. Jimmy, Jimmy, hand me that water bottle. Sure, Mr. White, I'll get it. Holy mackerel. Did you see that? The water bottle. It shattered into a million pieces just as you reached for it. What could have done that? thing that did it is lying on the floor. Pick it up, Jimmy. Jeepers, Mr. Kent. Look what it is. Kent, do you... You see what that is? Uh, yes, Mr. White. It's an arrow. Now, quick, Kent. Whoever shot that thing in here must be outside in the city room. Don't let him get away. <laughs> Relax, Perry. I'm not going to run what? away. Still as jittery as ever. Something to keep us Mr. Kent. An Indian. Full regalia. War bonnet and everything. <laughs> well, Perry White, aren't you glad to see your old friend? Joe. <laughs> Man, you're acting like a bronco that's just been busted. Comanche Joe. Well, where on earth did you come from? Oh, I blew in from Texas early this morning, Perry. I'm here in a sort of shopping spree. Looked you up the first thing. Uh, I'm sorry if my little joke upset you. <laughs> the stones on your desk, I mean, in the water bottle, I'll buy a new one, you know. Nancy Joe. Why, why, I haven't seen you in, in nearly 14 years. No. Hey, Kent, Jimmy, I want you to meet one of the best friends a man ever had. Comanche Joe. How do you do? Put it there, friend. Glad to know you, Sonny. Gee, are you a full-blooded Indian? Jimmy. <laughs> That's all right, Perry. <laughs> yes, Jimmy, I'm a full-blooded Comanche. 
That's why I'm called Comanche Joe. Comanche here made a killing in the western oil fields years ago. He's one of the richest oil men in the country today. What I'm wondering about, Chief, is how you know each other. I didn't know you'd ever been out west. Why, sure, Kent. That's where I started my career, on a small newspaper in Colorado. I've known Comanche Joe for years. Well, well, Joe, it's certainly good to see you again. So you're in town on a shopping trip, are you? Well, it's a little more than that, Barry. I really made this trip to hire a private detective. Private detective? Oh, yes, Mr. Kent. I've been having a little trouble out of my oil field. Trouble of uh, very peculiar nature. Well, tell us about it, Comanche. Sounds interesting. Well, it's something so queer, so peculiar that... Well, I can't believe it's possible. It all has to do with a coyote. A coyote? Yes, Jimmy. You see, out in my particular section of the country, there's an old Comanche legend about an Indian brave who committed a crime against the tribe and who was turned into a coyote to punish him. The story goes that whenever an accident is going to happen or someone's going to meet death, anything like that, the howl of the coyote is heard. Gee, that sounds exciting. Well, it's only an old Indian legend, you know. At the same time, some queer things have been happening out of the oil field. Let me tell you what happened only about a week ago. One of the strangest things that's ever occurred to me. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Comanche. We're all ears. Yes, we certainly are. Well, it was a pretty wild and stormy night. Rain had been falling all day and all night, and the wind was blowing a gale to take a hair off. My ranch foreman and myself were in the living room of my house, going over the account books. And that, Comanche, is all clear profit. We'll be shipping another 10,000 barrels of number two crew tomorrow. That's fine, Rawson. By the way, how's that driller getting along? You mean Swanstrom? Yeah. Well, I don't know. The explosion of that TNT didn't leave him in any too good shape. I know it. Poor devil. Yeah. I hope you're seeing to it that his expenses are taken care of and his wife and family. Yeah, I am. Don't worry. You know, Comanche, it's a peculiar thing about that coyote howling. Now, Rawson, pure coincidence, nothing more. Yeah, I wonder. It's a peculiar howl. Kind of different from any other coyote I've ever heard. We've had three accidents, Comanche. Before each one, just before it, we heard that coyote get his full head off. Well, then it's kind of getting me. Oh, don't be a fool, Rawson. If anyone should believe in an old Comanche Indian legend, I'm the one, not you. Well, I don't put any stock in it. Listen. You hit it? Well, well, what about it? Just another coyote. This one sounds different. There's a tune in that, Jeff, and I've never heard before, except when the... Hey, come on, Joe! Well, what is it? Why, well, I take it as quick as I could. There's been an accident with number four. Pete Saunders. What about Saunders? Well, we were placing a drill when the boom on the dairy snipped off. Fell on him square, and he's in a bad way. That coyote... Never mind the coyote now. Come on, Rossi. We've got to see if we dump Well, what happened, Joe? Perry, we left the ranch house and hurried over to number four. But we were too late. When we got there, Saunders was already dead. Rawson and I went back to the ranch. Trail Comanche, you believe in the coyote now? It isn't possible, Rawson. Such things don't happen. The story of the coyote foretelling bad news before it happens is nothing more than a legend. I tell you... What are you staring at? The paper's on your desk. The report we was going over a little while ago. Well, what about them? Look. A footprint. The footprint of... of a coyote. Right in the middle of the page. As if the animal had stepped on it. Well, what do you think now, Comanche? I... 
Don't know. But I do know this. I'm convinced there's something behind this coyote business, and I'm going to find out what it's all about. Ross and I'm leaving for Metropolis tomorrow. By golly, Comanche Joe, that's the strangest story I've heard in a long time. It certainly is. But there must be some down-to-earth solution to it. Well, if there is, I'm afraid it's going to take a superman to find it. The detective agency I contacted is sending a man out next week. Comanche, I smell a story here. Well, I'd like to send Clark Kent out to your place to cover it for the paper. What do you say? Well, I'm glad to have him. And how about Jimmy here? I've never yet seen a boy who wouldn't be glad to spend some time riding horses and roping cattle and learning how to shoot. Gee, Mr. White, can I go too? Could I, huh? Well... Chief, I'll go only on the stipulation that you let Jimmy go with me. You'll go where, when, and how I send to Kent or take your walking papers. Uh-oh. However, uh, Jimmy can go too. Yippee! Right, <laughs> cowboy. Well, when do we start, Mr. Comanche? <laughs> Drop the Mr. Jimmy. As to when we start, the quicker you and Mr. Kent can get ready to better handle that. How long before we reach your place, Comanche? Another half hour, Jimmy. How do you like riding in a buckboard, eh? Sure does, Buck. <laughs> I never expected to be taken out to your place from the train in a relic of the old West, Comanche. Well, the West is pretty modern these days, but I like to keep it the way it used to be, Kent. You can have your automobiles. I'll take a team of horses and a wagon in this country anytime. Gee, Mr. Kent, look at that view way across the mountain. Yeah, wonderful, isn't it? That's the way I always imagined it would be. Gee, we're going up pretty high, too. Right along the edge of this cliff. Oh, don't get nervous, Jimmy. We go much higher than this. It's a pretty narrow road running along the edge of the precipice. But the horses are sure-footed. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, I'm not worried. Not in the least. <laughs> of course not. Well, Mr. Kent, I'm inclined to think you'll get the story you're looking for out here. I've been wondering about that, Comanche. This business of the coyote intrigues me. Of course, there must be some down-to-earth reason for it. Do you know of anyone who'd want to do you an injury? No, not at all. I've never done anything to harm anyone, and I don't think anyone would want to harm me. I wonder. Uh, are we going to go any higher? Oh, we keep climbing for quite a while yet, Jimmy. Well, listen up. <laughs> no, Jimmy. <laughs> if you're going to enjoy yourself out here, you've got to keep your nerve about you. It takes a certain amount of courage, you know, to ride a horse and rope cattle. I hope to have you doing that soon. Gosh. Oh, and by the way, Kent... If you want to get some real local color, we'll go over to the Comanche Reservation someday. Oh. Most of my family still live on the reservation, and I can arrange a good many tribal ceremonials. Oh, you mean like war dances and things? Yeah, that's right, Jimmy. I know you'll enjoy them because... Because... What's that? That's the howl of a coyote. Is that the sound that warns of approaching danger? Uh, yes, that, that's what it sounds like. Of course, every time you hear a coyote out here, it doesn't mean that... Something's going to happen, and yet... Yes? Rawson said there was something different in the tone of that coyote we've been hearing. And I think I felt the difference in the one we just heard. If he comes again, I'll know for sure that it's the actual coyote we've been hearing. You know, somehow there's something so odd and so fantastic about this whole setup. Hey, listen. That rumbling. Where's it coming from? I can hear it, but I can't tell. Look, right above us. The mountain is moving, coming down on us. An avalanche, and we're right in his path. Mr. Smith, I can't look at it. Come on, what do we do? We can't turn back on this narrow trail. Our only chance is to get through before the avalanche gets to us. Get up there! Get up! Once again, the coyote was heard. A warning of impending danger. Now our friends are in a pretty bad spot. 
Will Clark Kent be able to save them without revealing his identity as Superman? What is the mystery that surrounds the strange howling of the coyote? What new thrills and dangers await Superman and Jimmy Olsen in the Great West? Be sure to hear the next episode of this new thrilling adventure story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth on the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent, and Jimmy Olsen, are now in the midst of another baffling mystery. In our last episode, we met for the first time the strange character known as Comanche Joe, a full-blooded Indian friend of Editor White and one of the richest oil men in America. Comanche Joe had come to the city to hire a detective in order that he might solve the mystery of the howling coyote, a coyote which howled just before some terrible thing was to happen. Editor White, sensing a good story, sent Kent and Jimmy to spend a few weeks with Comanche Joe on the Indian's ranch. As our last episode ended, our friends were driving along a narrow trail from the station to Comanche Joe's ranch when the cry of the coyote was heard. And then, shortly after, the terrible thing happened. Sounded eerie. Wait a minute. Look. Look. That's an avalanche coming at us. An avalanche? Yes, to me. The whole side of the mountain is sliding down toward us. Gosh, the howling of that coyote really meant something. Imagine if the avalanche just bury us and throw us off into the canyon. Maybe we get past before the avalanche hits us. Get up there. Get to us. We'll never make it, Comanche. It's starting to fall all around us. Look at that big boulder flying through the air. We've got to get past. 
see that? A huge boulder hit the trail and went right through. Yes, and took half the trail with it. Well, Comanche, we were certainly lucky to have missed that. But we can't get through now. The trail isn't wide enough for the wagon. Wait a minute, Kent. That avalanche is still cooking up there. We better get out and run for it. Yes, you're right. The whole mountain will be coming down on us. Will be. Look, it is coming down on us. Huh? We're finished. We can't go back and we can't move forward. We're right in the path of that avalanche. It's the end, all right. Some of those trees flying through the air. Hundreds of them uprooted. And the rocks in it. He's been knocked down. A falling rock is small. Hit him on the head. He's unconscious. Oh, I see. Yes. I take the gun. You won't have to live through the horrible fate that awaits you and me. Yes. Yes, Comanche, you're right. Look. It's really coming down on us now. The whole side of the mountain. No. Fifteen seconds from now, it'll be all over. Look, Comanche. Look over there. What? What? I had to do that. I had to knock him out. Now, as Superman, I'll grab the horses by their bits and speed through the air so fast that the wagon itself won't fall. Up, up, and out over the canyon. Up and away! Just in time. Now to land them all safely on the canyon floor. There. There we are. Now to set the scene for my explanation. Now, let's see. I'll put Jimmy about 30 feet from the wagon... There. And put Comanche about 30 feet or so from Jimmy. Ah, so. Oh, Comanche's coming too. Better hurry. Tip the wagon over. I can smash a good deal of it with my fist. Ah. There we are. Now to pretend unconsciousness of Clark Kent. Here, I'll lie down right here. You sure you're all right, Jimmy? Sure, Comanche. I'm feeling okay, except for this bump on my head. Riding up in front of you on this horse isn't too comfortable either. Uh-huh. I will be at the ranch in another few minutes. Even though it isn't very uncomfortable for you, it's a lot better than walking, eh? How those horses escaped injury will always be a mystery to me. Yeah, that is funny. The wagon itself was smashed to bits, and yet the horses were unharmed. Well, that's not the only strange part about it, Kent. Somebody knocked me out. I've got a funny feeling you did. <laughs> oh, really, Comanche, you flatter me. Think of me knocking you out. Uh-huh. Oh, you must have been hit by a flying rock and then dreamed it maybe while you were unconscious. Well, maybe I did. But it sure does seem awfully real to me as if it actually happened. My jaw feels terribly sore, too. Well, that's probably where the rock struck you. Yes, maybe. Maybe. Hang it off, Kent. This whole thing bothers me. There's something funny about it. Actually, all of us ought to be dead. We should be lying buried under tons of rock and earth at the bottom of the canyon. How we escaped. How we could have possibly escaped. Well, I just can't figure it out. Hey, what's that up ahead of us? Huh? Oh, that's the ranch. We've arrived at last. Oh. <laughs> the boys have caught out of us. Oh, it'll be quite a welcome party, I can tell you that. If here they come now, see? <laughs> Keepers, look at them all right now to meet us. Yeah. I think that's a sight, isn't it? Certainly is, Jimmy. Look at the dust those horses are kicking up. <laughs> well, I better answer those yells of welcome, huh? Yee-haw! Holy mackerel, Comanche. That makes the hair on my head stand on it. <laughs> that's an old Comanche walk right, Jimmy. Here it is again. Yee-haw! Keepers, Comanche, will you teach me how to yell like that? <laughs> I certainly will, Jimmy. <laughs> Hello there, Comanche. You're good to have you back with us. Thanks, Rosen. I want you to meet some friends of mine. 
Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. This is my ranch foreman, Lawson. How do you do, Well, we'll escort you all into the rain. Let's go, men. Say, Comanche, who's that man over there on the gray horse? Oh, the tall, skinny fellow with the hawk nose? Oh, he looks about eight feet tall to me. That's Tumbleweed Jones. Why, he's carrying a bow and a quiver of arrows instead of a gun. Yeah, that's right. Tumbleweed never uses a gun. He does his hunting the way the Indians used to. He's the best shot with a bow and arrow in the country. He also makes the best fudge you ever ate. He makes fudge? Yes. Gee, that's sissy stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh Jimmy. Don't let Tumbleweed hear you say that. Hey, Tumbleweed, right over this way, huh? I want you to meet Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, Tumbleweed. Gee, hello. Hiya. Well, Comanche tells us you're the best shot with a bow and arrow in these parts. No, sir. I'm the best shot in the entire world. Oh, <laughs> Ain't nobody can beat me with a bow and arrow. Not even that thar feller, Robert Hood. Have some fudge? Make it myself. Well, sure. Thanks. Uh, yes. Yes, thanks a lot. Comanche, how come you fellas riding in on the horses? What happened to that thar buckboard? Well, Tumbleweed, there's a story that'll stop any tall yarn you've ever told. And you've sure told some tall ones. You tell it, Comanche, I'll top it. Well, we are riding along Misery Trail, about 5,000 feet above the canyon floor, when suddenly... We heard the coyote howl. Ah, the coyote again, eh? Yes. I guess you fellas has heard about that. That's the dangest thing ever did happen. Every time that coyote howls, something happens not long afterwards. It's an old Comanche legend, you know. Yes, they know Tumbleweed. Well, as I was saying, we heard the coyote howl. And then shortly afterwards, an avalanche started. Oh, Whoa! Oh, well, Rawson, here I am. Yeah, hello, Dusty. Let's get going. We can talk along the way. Right. Rawson, I'm getting tired of riding way out here in the mountains for these meetings. Why can't we get together back at the range? And take a chance letting the cat out of the bag? Don't be a fool, Dusty. Unless you and me see each other back at the range, the better. Okay, Rawson, better it is. What's on your mind this time? Whatever it is, I hope it's a better idea than that there avalanche scheme of yours. Yeah, that's a funny thing how they escaped that avalanche. Can't understand it. Rode out there yesterday just looked the place over. Dynamite did the trick, all right. A good half mile of that trail's been torn away. Get the escape. Well, funnier things have happened. What you got cooking this time? Well, I got a new angle, Dusty. Now, what we want to do is to get Comanche Joe into such a spot that he'll be glad to sell the ranch and the oil fields, lock, stock, and barrel for practically nothing. Sure. Now, we got to convince him that that old Indian legend about the coyote howling is really true. We got to work on that primitive superstition every Indian's got deep down inside him. So far, this coyote gag hasn't convinced him of anything. Well, okay. What we got to do is work on Comanche Joe through his family. You mean the old chief on the Comanche reservation? Yeah, you got it. Old chief running fox is Comanche Joe's father. Yeah. Regardless of how modern Comanche Joe thinks he is, he'll listen to whatever the old chief says. What we've got to do is to get Chief Running Fox to persuade Comanche Joe that the legend of the howling coyote is true. Now, once we get him believing that, that's to be easy. Now, how are you going to do it? How are you going to get next to Chief Running Fox? Yeah, that's easy. Tonight at the reservation, they're holding a ceremony of welcome for this guy, uh, Clark Kent, and the kid Jimmy Olsen. I heard they're going to make them both members of the tribe. Yeah, that's right. So what? Well, now, you know the part of the ceremony where the fellow they're initiating has to do a dance on top of that big uh, war drum there. Yeah, I've seen it lots of times. Has to get up on top of that big drum and dance around. That's right. Well, okay, then. When the kid gets up on that drum, those Indians are going to hear the coyote howl. Yeah, and then what? You, Dusty, are going to be laying out in the woods. You'll have a rifle with you. You'll have your sights trained on that kid. 
It'll be a clear shot because it'll be all alone on top of the drum. Ah. I think I get it. When I hear the coyote howl, I press the trigger. <laughs> you got it, Dusty. You got it. All you got to do is wing it. But don't miss, Dusty. Don't miss. Now, come on. Let's get back to the ranch. Get up. Come on. Get up. Well, it begins to look as if our young friend Jimmy Olsen is in grave danger. Will Superman, himself unaware of the danger that threatens Jimmy, be able to save his young friend? Will Dusty and Rawson be able to frighten Comanche Joe into selling out his holdings? Be sure to hear the next thrill-packed episode with Superman! And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah, with exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent, and Jimmy Olsen, are now visiting the ranch of Editor White's friend, Comanche Joe, out in the far west. Kent is to collect material for a story on the strange howling of a mysterious coyote, whose cry, according to Indian legend, means impending doom. In our last episode, we heard how Rawson, Comanche's ranch foreman, schemed to convince the Indian that the legend was actually true, so that he might force Comanche into selling his ranch and oil field for practically nothing. Jimmy and Kent are to be made members of the Comanche tribe. During the ceremony, Jimmy will have to do a dance on the great Comanche war drum. Meanwhile, Rawson's henchman, Dusty, will be lying off in the surrounding woods, waiting to shoot Jimmy with a rifle when he hears the coyote howl. No one besides the two villains... Not even Clark Kent himself knows of the danger that awaits Jimmy. To join them now on the Comanche Reservation, where the tribal ceremony is taking place. Listen. Comanche, 
this is really one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. Great fires blazing in the night. Comanche braves dancing around the great war drum. Quite the picture, isn't it, Kent? Certainly is. You and Jimmy will have to do a dance on that drum before the night is over. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not much on dancing. Just watch how my brothers dance around the fire. You'll catch on to it easily enough. Hey, by the way, where is Jimmy? Oh, over there with Tumbleweed Jones. Oh. Kent, I have never seen two people take to each other so quickly as Tumbleweed and Jimmy. <laughs> In three short days, they've become inseparable. Tumbleweed talks about nothing but that young friend of yours. <laughs> And Jimmy talks about nothing but tumbleweed. <laughs> oh, wait. My father approaches. Oh, Chief Running Fox? I believe that's what he's called? Yes. Certainly a fine-looking man. What a majestic in that war bonnet and paint. Army, break, break. Over. Army, break, break. My father, I wish you to meet our friend, by Kent. Kent and my father raises his hand. You raise yours. Uh, how do you do? We ready for ceremony. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, little fella, him ready? I believe he is, yes. We begin. My children, ceremony about to start. Little fella, come forward. Me, sir? You. Jimmy looks scared to death. I don't blame you. No, there's nothing to be afraid of. Oh, here comes Tumbleweed. <laughs> he looks as if he's kind of enjoying all this. Oh, he is. Hello, Tumbleweed. Hiya. Well, Jimmy looks scared to death, Tumbleweed. Yeah, I've <laughs> told him what to do and how to do it. Break his skinny neck if he don't do it like I told him. <laughs> how long is this ceremony going to last? Uh, it'll take an hour or so for Jimmy. Then another hour for you. Oh. There, see? They're stripping him. Yeah, what? I've got to take those eastern clothes off him and dress him in buckskin. Oh. Then they'll paint his face all over. <laughs> Better relax and watch all this carefully, Kent. In another hour or so, you'll be going through the same thing Jimmy's going through now. The initiation of Jimmy Olsen into the Comanche tribe continues. Meanwhile, lying off in the woods, waiting for the moment when Jimmy will mount the great Comanche war drum, waiting for the signal of the coyote howl, is Dusty, Ross and Henson. A bullet chambered in his 306 rifle. A bullet destined for Jimmy Olsen. The tribal ceremony progresses. Kent. Yes, Comanche? The time has now arrived when Jimmy will climb onto the great Comanche wardrobe and perform the dance which will admit him to the tribe. Yearling looks as if he's enjoying it all. Yes, I believe. I could see he finally began to realize there was nothing to be afraid of. See, they are walking Jimmy toward the drum. <laughs> it seems funny watching little Jimmy surrounded by all those medicine men and strange headdresses. Yes. Oh, your father, Chief Running Fox, is walking with him. Yes, my father likes Jimmy very much. What name are they going to give Jimmy? He will be called Technocosiclata, Little Laughing Squirrel. Oh, and what will they call me? To the Comanche tribe, you will be known as Roponicoclex, which means in Comanche, the man with two pair of eyes. That's because of the glasses you wear, Ken. Oh, I see. Look there. Jimmy's being hoisted under the drum. Now the little fella's got to start dancing. <laughs> Better get started there, little fella. Oh, tumbleweed puts an arrow in the city of Lincoln. Wow, that's it, Jimmy. That's it. <laughs> hey, Comanche, 
doing all right. Just like a real Indian. Yes, Kent. He's got the spirit of the tribal ceremony. He will make a good brother to the Comanche. Well, I hope I can do as well. Oh, Teddy, here comes your father. He's running fast. Uh, uh, young player, do fine. He make good laughing squirrel. I think he will, my father. How long before they quit? Kent, come to me. Did you hear that? Coyotes howl. Comanche, you don't think that I... Danger! Near... Something happened. My father, that's foolishness. It's just, just a coyote, that's all. No, my son. When coyote howl, danger threatens. His Comanche legend. His true Comanche legend. I refuse to believe it. Kent, I leave it to you. What do you... Kent. Somebody, where did Kent go to? I don't know. Didn't see him go, Comanche. <laughs> Looks as though it's going to be a job for Superman. If anything happens, I want to be ready for it. The howl of that coyote may mean nothing at all. At any rate, they're going ahead with the ceremony again. So if it does mean something, I'm not going to be taken off guard. And there's Jimmy over there, still dancing on that drum. Nothing but the night and the forest surrounding those Indian fires. If anything is going to happen... Wait! Can that be the glint of a rifle barrel over there in the trees? And great God, it's pointing toward Jimmy. Up, up! Up! Thank heavens, I've caught the bullet. Up, up, and away! Somebody, somebody, did you see that? I saw it, Comanche, but I ain't believing it. I can't believe it myself. I saw, I think I saw a man swoop down under the night, pass Jimmy Olsen on the drum, then swoop back up into the darkness. Oh, I heard a rifle crack, too. Well, Tumbleweed. Whether we believe we saw it or not, my brother certainly believes they saw it. Look at them. They're going wild. Hey, what's been going on here? Kent, where have you been? Well, I just went around to the other side to get a better view of Jimmy dancing on that drum. What's happened? Kent, you won't believe it when I tell you. While Jimmy was dancing on that drum, a figure, the figure of a man, a, a superman, you might call him, flew down out of the night. And... Oh, oh, hello, my father. My son, I, you father, keep running soft salute and venerate you. Why? I don't understand, my father. You have brought into the tribe young warrior to us called Laughing Squirrel. He will be great chief, great medicine man. He is protected by flying eagle in shape of man. My father. My father, do you believe you saw this thing? My eyes are old, but they are keen. I saw. Hear me, my children! When I, Chief Running Fox, leave you to go to happy hunting ground, you will make Chief one who has just come to us. He is guarded by great medicine. He is protected by flying evil in shape of a man. White man call him Jimmy. We call him Little laughing squirrel. Great idea, Rawson. A great idea. Now the commanders think the kid is the greatest thing that ever happened. You hadn't missed with that right. I tell you, you, I didn't miss. I'm a dead shot. You know that. You sure don't expect me to believe the story about a Superman saving the kid. I don't know what to believe. I saw something, but it was going so fast. You're free. I tell you, I... Get up and listen to me. Regardless of what happens, we're still pulling this thing out of the bag. Now, listen. We want to get our hands in these oil wells that Comanche Joe owns. Our job is to convince the Comanche tribe and their chief running folks 
But the lid of the hole in Coyote really has something to it. You'll never do it now with them believing the kid is protected by magic. Oh, yes, he will. But, Watson, how are you going to do it? Now, look at The kid Jason's with the tribe now, ain't he? Yeah. They think he's protected by some kind of medicine. But now we've got to show them that that medicine don't work against the coyotes. Uh, that coyote howled last night. Those Indians believed it was a sign of common danger. But we've got to show them they were right in believing that. So what? Uh, so this. This afternoon, you're going to take that kid riding with you. You're going to take him riding on gentle lamb. I don't get it. You know gentle lamb as well as I do. He's the gentlest horse on the ranch until you touch him with spurs. But, Dusty, you've got to see to it that little Jimmy Olsen, little laughing squirrel, wears spurs. Why, that horse goes crazy when you touch spurs to him, Ross. He'll kill a kid That's for what sure. I'm driving at. Take the kid riding into the general direction of the Comanche Reservation. You get some distance away from the ranch, you present him with a pair of spurs. Kid will wear them, all right. The minute he touches gentle lamb with those spurs, the horse will go nuts with certain for the kid. When the Indians find him laying dead on the trail, I'll fix it for the coyote howl. Would you please? I get you. To get the ranch, we've got to convince these running fox that the legend about the howling coyote is really true. And to convince him of that, we've got to get rid of the kid. Okay, Rawson. I'll take young Jimmy Olson riding with me this afternoon. I think I can guarantee that he won't come back. No, sir, he won't come back. Once again, Rawson, Comanche Joe's ranch foreman, plots against the life of Jimmy Olson. Will he succeed in putting Jimmy out of the way? Will his plan to force Comanche Joe into selling his ranch meet with success? Be sure to hear the next exciting episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman, as Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, are visiting Editor White Indian friend Comanche Joe on his ranch in the far west. Unknown to anyone, Rawson, the ranch foreman, is trying to persuade Comanche Joe to sell his ranch and oil field for practically nothing by making use of an old Indian legend which says that when a coyote howls, danger threatens. Many accidents and misfortunes have happened on the ranch, and they have always been preceded by the howl of a coyote. In our last episode, we heard how Rawson's schemes to impress the Indians with the truth of the legend failed when Superman saved his young friend from a murderous bullet. But Rawson was not finished. As our last episode ended, he once again fought against the life of Jimmy Olsen. Listen. Well, I planned to get that kid while he was up on top of the drum was a flop, Rawson. Shut up now and get this, Dusty. This afternoon, you're going to take that kid riding on Gentle Lamb. I don't get it. You know Gentle Lamb as well as I do. He's the gentlest horse on the ranch until you touch him with spurs. Well, Dusty, you got to see to it that little Jimmy Olsen, little laughing squirrel, wears spurs. That horse goes crazy when you put spurs to him, Rawson. He'll kill a kid for sure. That's what I'm driving at. Take the kid riding in the general direction of the Comanche Reservation. 
When you get some distance away from the ranch, present him with a pair of spurs. He'll wear them, all right. The minute he touches gentle lamb with those spurs, the horse will go nuts and it's curtains for the kid. When the Indians find him laying dead on the trail, I'll fix it for the coyote to hold. Get me? Aye, Richard. Get the ranch and start to convince Chief Running Fox that the legend of the Howling Coyote is a real McCoy. That the ranch is bad medicine for Comanche Joe. You got it. Okay, Rawson. I'll take the kid riding. And I can guarantee he won't be coming back. Comanche, where's Jimmy? Isn't he coming with you and me on this inspection of the oil field? I don't think so, Kent. He said something about going for a ride with Dusty. Oh. Isn't that so, Tumbleweed? Yeah. Here comes Dusty now. Hey, is that the gentle lamb he's got with him? Yes. I don't know that we ought to let Jimmy ride that horse. Well, what's wrong with him? Just one thing. That horse is called gentle lamb because he is a gentle little lamb until you put spurs to him. He'll be all right as long as Jimmy doesn't wear rowels. Oh, there comes Jimmy now. It doesn't look as if he's wearing spurs to me. He ain't. Nothing to worry about, I guess. Hi there, Dusty. Hi, Tumbleweed. Taking your partner, Jimmy Olsen, for a ride. Hope you don't mind. Just take care of him, that's all, Dusty. Anything happens to that boy, you'll answer to me. Nothing will happen, Tumbleweed. You can count on me. Hey, kid, come on. Get up on Gentle Lamb here. Holy mackerel. Is that what that horse is called? Gentle Lamb? Can't you give me a horse with a little life in it? <laughs> horse, Jimmy, not horse. Hmm? You're even starting to talk like Tumbleweed Jones. Anything wrong with the way I talk, Mr. Kidd? Well, for a Westerner, Tumbleweed, no. For an Easterner, yes. Easterners. Come on, Jimmy. Get up on the gym land here. Okay. Where are you going, Mr. Kent? My command is going to show me over the oil fields, Jimmy. Enjoy your ride. Okay, I will. Say, Tumbleweed, why don't you come with us? Hey, got work to do. See you later, laughing squirrel. Okay. Let's go, Dusty. So long, everybody. Get up there. All the slow battle. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch that young man, Kent. You'll be taking him back to the city wearing chaps and a sombrero. <laughs> I'm afraid so. Tumbleweed, I thought you were coming with us. Well, I was, but I kind of fell behind in my work last night. You know, going over to watch that horrible ceremony and everything. Oh, forget the work, Tumbleweed. Come on along. You can't forget this work, Comanche. I'm, uh, I'm making a bow for the youngster along with some arrows and a quiver to carry him. Making a bow and some arrows for Jimmy? Hey, you kind of like that young friend of mine, don't you? I sure do. Great little fellow. Hey, you, you and Comanche, go ahead. I, I'll see you tonight. Uh, here's something to remember me by. Just made it this morning. Oh, what is it, huh? To bag the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tumbleweed, thanks. Oh, welcome. Let's go, kid. Right. We've got a good half hour's ride before we reach the oil field. If I'm not mistaken, there's a storm coming. Blizzard, most probably. There's a blizzard coming, all right, but it won't get here till nightfall. You got time. Go on. See ya. Hi, okay. Tumbleweed. Goodbye. How did Tumbleweed know there was a blizzard coming? I don't know. Somehow you can tell. Well, we won't be gone more than two or three hours. We'll be back at the ranch before the snow starts to fall. You know, Kent, I can't get over what I saw last night. You mean at the tribal ceremony? Yes. I saw that man. That Superman swooped down out of the night. The more I think of it, the more convinced I am that Superman does really exist. Uh-uh. All right, Kent. Deny it if you want to. But I tell you, I saw this, this Superman with my own eyes. Oh, no, never mind that, Commander. The thing that interests me is this. Last night, just before you say Superman swooped down out of the night, I heard a coyote howl. The other day, just before that avalanche started, we heard a coyote howl. Something mysterious about that coyote. I had a talk with my father, Chief Running Park, last night. Yes? He advised me to put the ranch in the oil fields up for sale. Oh, why? 
He says that coyote will haunt me and my friends until I get rid of the ranch. Are you going to follow his advice? I don't know, Frank. Mr. Matthew, I believe there's a simple down-to-earth explanation for the howling of that coyote just before something happens. Given a little time, we'll probably find out what While Clark Kent and Comanche Joe ride toward the oil fields, Jimmy Olsen, accompanied by Dusty, Ross's henchman, rides on toward the fatal danger Ross and his plan for him. We know, though Jimmy does not, that when spurs are applied to the horse known as Gentle Lamb, the animal becomes a hysterical killer. Listen. Gee, Dusty, this sure is some country. I've never seen such wonderful scenery in my life. Yeah, sure is beautiful. Riding through these mountains is like, well, I don't know what it's like. Sure is different. Where are we going, Dusty? Well, Jimmy, I thought we'd head over towards Comanche Reservation. I thought maybe you'd like to pay a visit to your new brother. You're a member of the Comanche tribe now, you know. Gee, yeah. I can't really believe that myself. Think of me, Jimmy Olsen, being a member of a real tribe of Indians like the Comanche. And being called Laughing Squirrel and everything. Boy, that's really something, in it? It certainly is. Hey, cut that horse here and keep up with mine. What's the matter with him? Well, they call him Gentle Lamb. He's just as slow, too. What you need for that horse is a pair of spurs. Yeah, I kind of put some life into him. Well, no sense wishing for him when you can't have him. You can have him, all right. Got a pair right here. Just got him from the blacksmith this morning. You're being repaired and forgot to take him out of his pocket. Here you are, you can borrow him. Oh, geez, I think. Thanks a lot. Well, wait a minute now. You don't have to dismount. I'll fit him to you while you're on the horse. Oh, thanks, Dusty. Yeah. Hey, Dusty, it's starting to snow. Maybe we ought to be starting back to the ranch, huh? Yeah. Oh, Tumbleweed says these blizzards and snowstorms out here can be pretty dangerous. People get lost in the snow sometimes and they freeze to death. Hey, don't you worry about getting lost in those snowstorms. I know the trail like the back of my hand. There you are. Ah, them spurs fit you like they was made for it. Maybe now you'll be able to get some speed out of that there nag. Yeah, maybe I will. I think them spurs in the gentle lamb's flanks, Sonny. We'll see what happens. Okay, here goes. Hold on, kid, if you can. I... Oh, he's going to throw me. Dusty, the horse is falling and I'm falling with him. I'm under a... He's kicking. Help me, Dusty, help. Oh, my head. Oh. Well, that's it. Uh... Boy, someone shot that horse with an arrow. An Indian, probably. An Indian, Johnny. It wasn't no Indian, Dusty. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed Joe. I'll settle with you later, Dusty. I put an arrow through that horse's heart just in time. Oh, but Jimmy, you need first aid. You need in a hurry. Hmm, horse hits you in the head. I had some questions, Bobby. Hey, Dusty, give me a hand getting this kid back to the ranch house. Hey, Dusty. Ridden off. There it is. May he burn in the bottommost pit. But I'll get Jimmy back myself. I'll get him to a doctor in time if it's the last thing I do. Well, he's getting worse, Tumbleweed. I don't think the doctor will be able to get through. He's got to get through. Kid'll die if he don't. You get word to Comanche Joe and talk to him? Yeah, Bowley rolled out the oil fields about an hour and a half ago. Kent and Comanche must be on their way back by now. Why doesn't that doctor get here? What's he taking all this time well, about? Blizzard is terrible, Tumbleweed. No human can get through in a neck like this. God, listen to that wind out there. I'll get it, I'll get it. Hello, hello. Yeah? Listen, Doc, you just got to get here. There's a kid here been kicked in the head by a horse. How do I know how bad it is? All I know is the kid's unconscious. He's been that way for over an hour. 
And that's bad, huh? You can't get through. Okay. If you can't get through to me, I'll get through to you. Never mind how. Goodbye. Put blankets around that kid. Get it? That'll all right. You know, ain't thinking of taking your favorite horse out in that blizzard tumbleweed. He'll never come back alive. If anything can get through this blizzard, that horse will. Saddle all right, like I tell you. Tumbleweed, use your head. The doctor's 20 miles from here over the mountains. It's a blizzard raising, man. The worst I've ever seen in a year. You'll never get through. You and the kid and the horse will freeze to death out in the mountains. Can't let that kid die. Get those blankets around him and hurry up. Ronnie, you hear me? But you're a crazy hombre, Tumbleweed. Nobody, not Superman himself, gets through this business. I can try. Any way you look at it, the kid died. Well, I'll take a chance on getting him through the mountain to the doctor. Yeah, the kid's ready, too. All wrapped up in white. I tell you, you'll never make it. Maybe not, but I can try. Open that door, Jerry. I'm on my way. I'll have a little laughing squirrel here or die in the A job that needs Superman. Jimmy's friend, Tumbleweed Jones, faces 20 miles of dangerous mountain trails blocked by snow and blizzard. Will he reach the doctor in time to save Jimmy? Will he reach the doctor at all? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, are now visiting the ranch of Comanche Joe, a wealthy Indian who owns many oil fields in the far west. Kent is to collect material for a story on the strange howling of a mysterious coyote, whose cry, according to Comanche Indian legend, warns of impending danger. Unknown to anyone but his henchman, Rawson the ranch foreman is behind the strange howling of the coyote in order to induce Comanche Joe to sell his ranch and oil fields at a loss. In our last episode, we heard how Rawson almost brought about the death of Jimmy Olsen According to plan, Jimmy was thrown from a horse and seriously hurt, so his life was saved for the moment by his friend Tumbleweed Jones. Our last episode ended, but wait, listen. Doctor's 20 miles from here over the mountains. There's a blizzard raging, man, the worst I've ever seen. You'll never get through. You and the kid and that horse of yours will freeze to death out there on the mountains. Jerry, if the doc can't come here, we'll go to him. Get those blankets around him and hurry up. Pronto, you hear me? All right, all right, but you're a local armory, Tumbleweed. Nobody, not even up there, Superman fellow himself, could get through this blizzard. I can try. Any way you look at it, the kid dies. Well, I'll take a chance on getting him through the mountains to the doctor. <laughs> Well, the kid's ready, too. All wrapped up in blankets. Come, Marie, listen to reason. You'll never make it. Maybe not, but I can try. Open that door, Jerry. I'm on my way. 
I'll save the little laughing squirrel here or die in this pit. Sure, won't go, Tumbleweed. But good luck to you. Well, there they go. Lord help me. Open up, open up in there. Come in, come in. Hello, Mr. 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 Taking command from me over an hour and a half to get into the oil field. I've never seen such a blizzard, Jerry. It's a real howler. Certain suicide to be out in a night like this. Yeah, sure is. Jerry. What's wrong? Command team. Mr. Kent. Jerry. Where's Jimmy Olsen? What's happened? Oh, just tighten your saddle, Mr. Kent, and take it easy. Ain't gonna do no good getting excited now. What are you talking about, Jerry? Let's have it straight. Well, uh, the kid, Jimmy, he's been hurt. Bad. Some dang fool put him up on Central Lamb while the kid was wearing spurs. What? Dusty it was. Dusty? Why, sure, Jimmy went for a ride with Dusty when Kent and I left for the oil field this afternoon. What's this about spurs and that horse? Oh, Kent, to use spurs on that horse is like putting your head in the mouth of a raging lion. What happened, Jerry? Well, the kid was thrown and trampled on. What? The horse would have killed him if Tumbleweed Jones hadn't put up an arrow through the critter's heart. Where is Jimmy? Have you sent for a doctor? Doctor would never get through with a knife like this, Mr. Kent. I know, but something must be done. Something's being done. Tumbleweed Jones left here with a kid about an hour ago. He left here with... Jerry, let me get this straight. You don't mean Tumbleweed is going to try and get through those mountains tonight. That's exactly what I do mean, Commander. Why, that's suicide. He'll never make it. They'll lose the trail and freeze to death out there. That's what I try to tell him, Commander. Uh, Commander, we've got to do something. Can we put a call through the doctor? I've got to know if they've arrived or not. If they get through, it'll take him at least another hour or more. Oh, this kid may not last that long. Now that that concussion is bad. Kent, where are you going? I, I, I simply got to do something. I, I can't just stand here waiting and... I'm going up to my room and get these wet clothes off. That'll give me something to do for a while. Jerry, this is terrible. Terrible. There isn't a chance in the world of him getting through. I know that, Commander. But I just couldn't say it in front of Mr. Kent. Maybe there is something we can do. Jerry, I'll be back as soon as I can. Uh, where are you bound for? The Comanche Reservation. I want to have a talk with my father, Chief Running Fox. He may be able to help. I don't know. See you later. Uh, My excuse about wanting to change my clothes sounded reasonable to Comanche and Jerry. Jerry didn't fool me. There isn't a chance of Jimmy and Tumbleweed getting through this blizzard alive. Something's got to be done. And it looks like a job for Superman. I'll leave through the window. Ah, blizzard's getting worse. No time to lose. Up! Up! And away! Don't talk, youngster. You get too much of this cold air, it'll freeze your lungs. It's all right, Lightning. All right, fella. How, how far we come? Don't know for certain. About halfway, I'd reckon. I'm worried, Tumbleweed. Oh, will you shut up talking? You've got to conserve your strength. Pain. Terrible pain in my head. Yeah, I know. I know. Whoop. 
Come on, up, Lightning. Up you go. He stumbled, Tumbleweed. He's on his knees in the snow. Yeah. Bob down in his grip. Come on, Lightning. Come on, fella. Now, uh, he's up. I don't know how much longer he's going to keep going. This is getting worse, Tumbleweed. Yeah. What do you think we'll make it? We've got to make it, son. We've got to make it. If lightning here can hold up. Lightning. Good old lightning. You shouldn't have done it, Tumbleweed. Will you shut up and conserve your strength? I give you, youngster, if you don't have... Oh, 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 oh. Stumbled again. Yeah, yeah. Come on, fella. Come on. Get up here now. Get up. Come on now, fella. Come on. Now, this is Tumbleweed talking to you. You just got to pull yourself out of that noodle. Can't do it, Tumbleweed. It's worse the way we are. We'll have to get off and try to help him. I'll take it easy. I'll take you down for a minute. And you just lay here now, Jim, while I try to get lightning up with his feet. Okay. Right. Lightning on you. Come on now. Ah, that drip ain't too deep. Can't get up. Come on, partner. I'll see if he can. Come on, Lightning. You've got to get up. You hear me, boy? You've got to. Yes, you can. I guess you. You just ain't got the strength. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Be with you in a minute, son. Lightning. Lightning, I... I can't leave you here to please today. And I gotta go on without you. So... So, partner, I guess you'll understand why I'm doing this. Yes, sir, Lightning. That's right, yes, just turn your head. So long, Hardman. Tumbleweed, what was that? I heard a shot, Tumbleweed. It's all right, Sonny. It's all right. You need got to go on without lightning. Without Tumbleweed, you. I had to do it. He'd have froze to death. Now, no more talking. I got to carry you, and we got a long way to go. Yeah, Jimmy, we got a long way. I could only find them. The snow covers everything. Not a trace of them anywhere. I've got to find them, and I've got to find them soon. Now, the temperature must be close to zero or below us. And this icy wind is enough to... Wait. There's something down there. A black shape lying in the snow. I'll go down. Down! Down! Oh. Tumbleweed horse lightning. He's been shot. Tumbleweed must have done that to keep him from suffering. Body is stiff and frigid. He's lying here for some time. I must go on. Up! Up! Run away! Jim. Jimmy. Kid. You hear me? Kid, you mustn't go to sleep. You hear? One, three, one. Oh, one. You just think it is. Wake up, you kid. Wake up. Oh, Tumbleweed. Don't treat me like that. How you do it? Pain in my head. I know it. I know it. But I can't let you go to sleep. You'll die if you do. You've got to keep awake. Wake. Give me. Give me. You hear me? Wake up. Oh, please. Tumbleweed. My arm. You're hurting me. And I tell you, you're going to keep awake even if I have to. Wait. Wait, Jimmy. Look. What? Look! 
ahead of us. Something in the snow. We must be coming to a... Oh. What is it? It's a horse. Oh. It's lightning, Jimmy. They've been walking in a circle. Lost. Lost in a raging blizzard. What will happen to Jimmy Olsen and Tumbleweed Jones? Will Superman be able to find them in time? And what will be the outcome of this adventure in the far west? Be sure to hear the next thrill-packed episode with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>